little disclaimer here. I have a terrible memory. Absolute awful memory. So the details of the story that I'm about to share with you, some of them are a little bit foggy for me, and they may not be all entirely accurate, but I do remember some very specific things. Summer 2010, my 2000 black Pontiac Grand Prix. I love that car. It's my very first car I bought. And it had the nice, big, giant Midwest rust stain right by the, the gas cap. It was fully loaded, completely packed, jam-packed. Every single nook and cranny in that car was filled with stuff, books, clothes, everything that I owned in my life at that moment was in that car. And so the only visibility that I had was out the very front windshield and my driver's side window right next to me and the, the passenger side one on the other side. Everything else in the back, completely blocked, couldn't see anything. Jam-packed car. Started a long road trip that I was making from Montana all the way down, actually down here to Texas. College Station, Texas was where I was headed. Really long road trip, and I was driving through the state of Wyoming. It's an awesome drive that I got to experience the whole way down because you're following the mountains all the way down. You're in uh, this mountain range just all the way down the terrain. It, it changes as you move south through our country. But I was going through Wyoming, and I wanted to get to Cody, Wyoming. That's my destination that I had in mind for that particular day of the trip. I planned out some stops that I was going to make with family that I hadn't seen in a while that I could kind of do on this road trip. And I remember that I was coming up to a mountain pass. And I, I believe it was this one right here. You can kind of see on the map there. It is known as Dead Indian Pass. And as I was driving and I got closer and closer to this pass, I, I looked up ahead of me and I started to see, right in the middle of the highway, I started to see one of those really bright, reflective, orange and white signs, the barricade across the middle of the road, and that really bright, reflective sign that said, Road Closed. There's a car in front of me, and the car in front of me stopped for a moment and then turned around and went the other way. And I think that I literally, I sat there probably for 10 minutes. I just didn't know what to do. I, I was in an unfamiliar place. It was starting to get dark. I knew that if I turned around, there was, there was like no place for me to stop for many, many miles, and it was in the complete opposite direction of where I actually wanted to wake up the next morning. So I risked it. I slowly drove around the barricade and the sign that said, Road Closed. And as I got closer to the, the rocky cliff face of the, the mountain pass, I could see up ahead there were, there were lights on the road, there were construction workers, trucks that were out there paving the road. And so I slowly made my way up the incline. One of those construction trucks started to come towards me. Cannot imagine how annoyed they were at that moment. 
parked right next to me. I came to a stop, rolled down his window, started to talk to him, and I just, I, I begged with him. I said, please, is there any possible way that I can go through? Kind of looked me up and down, sighed, rolled his eyes, and he grabbed his radio, said something into it that I couldn't quite make out, but it didn't sound the most pleasant. And then he said, fine, you can go, but be careful. Drive slowly. And then he reiterated, be careful. So I began, I, I started to drive. Uh, I got past uh, all the construction trucks and all the lights and turned around the, the cliff face and then it became completely dark. Like dark is an understatement, a big one. This was the middle of Wyoming, not the outskirts of Houston, Texas. There's no ambient light out there, right? The only lights that were shining were the stars up in the sky and the headlights of my 2000 Pontiac Grand Prix, which by that time had become quite faded over in the front, they weren't the best headlights. And the next 25 minutes of my life were the most terrifying experience I have ever had while being in a vehicle. There were hairpin turns, no guardrails, Nothing to stop me on the edge of the road from completely going over if I happen not to see the turn coming up and falling down to what I could only assume would have been my death. Absolutely terrifying 25 minutes of my life. Obviously, I survived. Thank God for that. But it was a death trap of a road. And I was warned. But I was on that road, and even though I saw a warning, something like this, I was on that road because I was in a hurry to get where I thought that I wanted to go. Which is why you should really heed warning signs. Road closed. Beware. Do not enter. Those signs are there for a reason. Every single one of them is there for a reason. They are there for your good, for your safety, for your protection, even for your happiness, for your very life. And today, God gives you warning signs. Uh, the wisdom of Proverbs has some really big, bright, reflective, attention-getting, fluorescent, reflective warning signs that it places before you when it says things like this. Do not set foot on this path. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. And the Bible gives you these because the Bible provides warning signs that are for your safety. They are for your good. If you're taking notes with us this morning, that's the first thing we want to focus on this morning. Warning signs, the Bible's warning signs are for your safety. 
See, Proverbs identifies the path of wickedness because it can be very easy to find ourselves on that path. It's a very well-worn path. You can tell that many people have walked on it before, and it might start out okay at first, but the further you get on that path, the darker it becomes. The graver the danger. The deeper the darkness of death settles in. The consequences of walking on this path of wickedness are disastrous and terrifying. The author of Proverbs describes the state of the wicked, those who live without the wisdom of God, and he says this, he says, they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Second note for you today, the path of wickedness traps you in misery. It traps you to the point that you cannot help but commit evil. Proverbs says that even rest and and sleep evade those people who are on that path unless they lash out, unless they blame someone else for the disappointment that they feel in their own lives. Or, or you prey on the vulnerability of somebody who is weaker than you just to, just to elevate yourself and feel better about who you are. Whether you prey on that vulnerability emotionally, financially, psychologically. And there's so much pain that is described here in this path. Wickedness and violence become as normal as the food that you eat each and every day, as as the drink that you consume. You become that with which you surround yourself. You are what you eat, what you eat. And you just think about the media that we consume, the entertainment. That's not wrong, but, but should it be so easy? Should it come without any tug on our heart without, without any reaction on our part? And look at the contrast that the author of Proverbs makes about this path compared to the path of the righteous. He says, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. That's terrifying. There's no light no hope. You know, deep down, you know that you don't have satisfying answers to the questions that you're asking of yourself. Deep down, you know that you are stumbling, that you're following all over yourself, but this path has trapped you. It has trapped you in this cycle that you continue to repeat, and even though you know that it is dangerous and it is foolish to proceed and to continue, you think you're too far along. You think you you can't turn away from it because there's no going back. And so the only option that you have is to keep pushing through this dangerous territory. Do you find yourself on such a path right now? The truth is that we have all walked it 
We've all traveled it. At some point in our life, we have found ourselves on this path of darkness, which is why the Bible is so excited to let us know that there is another option. And so Proverbs highlights the wisdom that leads you on the paths that are straight, the paths that are clear, the paths that are open, the paths that are freeing to you, the paths of the righteous. Proverbs tells you this. It says, turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, health to one's whole body. Proverbs wisdom continues, and it says that above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. You see, the the key difference, the key to a life lived either on the path of the righteous or on the path of the wicked is your heart. That's why Proverbs directs us to, to hold on to instruction and to guard it well because that instruction, that, that wisdom that Proverbs gives us, it always starts back with, at the beginning. The, the fear of the Lord is knowledge. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's about our heart. And when we were trapped, God rescued us. When we were in a place of deep darkness, God gave us the gift of light. God set you free. God changed your heart. In the biblical book of Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, he got to speak for God, and he got to say something amazing, this amazing promise that God had for his people, and it's an amazing promise that God also has for you. Ezekiel got to say these words from God, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. God set you free when he changed your heart. He gave you a new heart. He took away that that heart of stone that would turn away from him, that would follow a different path, that would step off the path of righteousness and onto the path of wickedness. He took away that heart. He gave you a living heart to trust in him, to trust in all of his promises. And God works that change in your heart through instruction, through his word. That instruction that God gives to you, it delivers to you the way, the true path of righteousness. When a man named Jesus of Nazareth lived and walked on this earth, he made a very bold claim. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And this very bold claim that Jesus made when he said that no one can come to the Father except through me, that I am the path, this very bold claim that Jesus made, he backed up with his life. Because Jesus always walked 
the path of the righteous. He thought through all of his actions clearly and completely. Methodically and slowly, he made decisions based on true wisdom. Every step that he took had an exact and godly purpose. Perversity never flowed out of his mouth the way it has ours. His lips, they never spoke the coarse, corrupt conversations that far too often our lips have. Jesus never strayed to the right or to the left of that path that God placed him on, that God put before him. He always had his focus fixed. His determination always looked straight ahead at the goal that he knew that was there, and he knew what the result was. He knew what the destination was. It was the cross. And yet he walked that path. He walked it for you. He remained steadfast and committed to you. He did all of this because he cared for you. And he knew that that path to the cross was a way that he would win you back into God's family. And so Jesus, in his life, he guarded his heart from all evil. And yet, though he walked the path of the righteous, the path of the good, the path of the godly, even though he walked that path, he endured far more than 25 minutes of terror. He endured hours of agony on the cross. And then he endured the deepest, darkest moment that any person could ever endure. Because on that cross, as Jesus hung there and endured that physical pain, it was on that cross that because of our disobedience, because we have taken steps off the path of righteousness, onto the path of wickedness, and because Jesus took all that upon himself, He was forsaken by God, his heavenly Father. The God of all light, the source of good, turned his back on his son. And dear friends, you get to celebrate that. You get to celebrate that because Jesus did that for you. Jesus did that to bring the full light of God's goodness to you. Jesus did that so that you would know that you are completely, totally forgiven. He did that so that you would know that God has placed you on the path of the righteous. through Jesus. And so Proverbs encourages you to hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Get this firm grip on all of God's promises that he has given to you. Keep them within your heart. Guard that heart. Protect that heart that God has changed. And it's important that we don't misunderstand what Proverbs is saying when it tells us to guard our hearts 
It's not telling us to follow our hearts, to, to live our life based on emotion. It's not telling us to trust our gut and our own wisdom and understanding. It's telling us to hold tight to the promises and the wisdom of God and allow that to move us in our life. Proverbs tells you to guard your heart because it is the wellspring of your life. Everything flows from your heart. And so when you guard your heart and you remain loyal to your God, you will be better able to keep your mouth from perversity, corrupt talk, and lies. When you guard your heart and remain loyal to your God, you will have better focus, clearer direction for your purpose and determination in your life. When you guard your heart and remain loyal to your God, you will walk on those steps of the right path, the safe path, the secure path, the freeing path that God has laid out before you. You'll be able to run with joy and thanksgiving, not to white-knuckle it throughout your entire life, hoping that you just that you just maintain control and that you don't go slipping off that edge where there's no guardrail careening down to your death. No, God gives you the path that is straight and clear, freeing and joyful because he has changed your heart. He's placed you on that path of righteousness. God has done this for you and he has made it known to you the very final thing that I want to share with you that I want to ask you to do is I want to ask you to think about others. Think about others who might find themselves on that path of wickedness, the path of deep darkness, the path where there is no hope, there is no light, where they feel trapped. Can you imagine how terrifying that is? And could you and I, knowing what God has done for us, could we approach someone like that with more compassion? More understanding? More grace? More forgiveness? You know, for as annoyed as that construction worker was with me, looking back on the whole situation, I'm pretty annoyed with him, actually. Because he could have warned me. He could have told me, you don't want to go that direction. You want to turn around. It's dangerous. I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to keep you safe. Dear friends, Look at how Proverbs describes the path of the righteous. It says the path of the righteous is like the morning sun shining ever brighter to the full light of day. You and I, through Jesus Christ, through the message that God has delivered to us in his word, we know the light that we have. And we have that light and we have that hope to share with others. We can shine brighter and brighter each and every day as we live out our life on that path. And we can lead others out of a path of despair and darkness and death. We can lead others to that full light of day, to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm.